today we're sitting down with my friend Josie Pelicano. Josie has such an interesting story, you guys. She is an amazing Instagram influencer whose feed I just love, and she's all around just just such a good person. Um, but she has an amazing story to tell. When Josie was young, her father went to prison for most of her life. He just recently got out and she's sitting down with us today to talk about what that experience was like for her because it was very public and um, definitely wasn't something that was just, you know, easy to get over. It was really hard losing her dad. And so we're sitting down, we're talking about how um, that affected her and what her life is like today. And I hope you guys really love and enjoy this episode. Hey, it's Alexis Haynes, and this is my podcast, Recovering From Reality. Today, I'm sitting down with Josie Pelicano, who I have known since probably like fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Hi, Jos. Hi. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you on. I'm excited. (laughs) So when I started the Recovering From Reality podcast, I ran into Josie. This was before, I mean, I think you were working at a sushi place. Yep. And I told you like what I was doing and as I was telling you, so you walk away and I'm, I'm sitting down with Evan state night and I'm like, I need to have Josie on the podcast. So let's talk a little bit about it. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you tell us your story? Okay. Um, so I grew up in this like gorgeous town in Oak Park. I mean, Alexis and I grew up together and it's just like this little, like almost like Stepford suburban area. And I grew up in like I still have dreams about this house, like the prettiest house that I absolutely loved. And, you know, just like a a really honestly over the top life because my dad was pretty successful at his job at the time. So we were really fortunate. We lived in, you know, a nice home. We got everything we wanted, which, you know, made us kind of like spoiled little brats when we were younger, but it was, it was nice. And, um, so that was great up until the age I was 10. Um, and then when I turned 11, my, kind of reality of what I had sort of got totally shaken and the world that I was living in that like fluffy cushy life um, turned upside down when my dad was arrested Um, to kind of make it quick about him he was a um, private investigator he worked mostly for celebrities he was kind of like a a fixer if you will so he um think what's that show ray donovan wait he's he is the ray donovan yeah <laughs> so exactly it's exactly you don't think about yeah. ray donovan yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly yes. yeah so he um and for up, all the celebs exactly yeah. yeah so he worked for some pretty high up people um and uh ended up getting caught wiretapping their conversations and um, got arrested for it. And when that happened, you know, my family, um, you know, 
I never knew any of that growing up as a kid. You know, you don't know. I just saw him going to work every day and had Mm -hmm. no idea what he was doing or anything like that. I just knew, oh, dad gives me presents and toys and this is great. (laughs) And um, And you had three siblings. I did. I do. (laughs) I have um, two sisters, two. I'm the youngest, two older sisters. And I have an older brother who um, has severe autism. And um, yeah, so, you know, we did not know anything that he was doing and had no idea that, you know, our life that we had was going to completely change. And it did. Um, we ended up for years, my mom tried to salvage it and, you know, keep our lifestyle the way it was, but you know, we ended up losing our home. We lost, um, I had pets. We had to give away all of our pets because my mom and I ended up having to move into a small apartment and, um, you know, we ended up truly, everything that we thought we knew was just erased. So, yeah. Yeah. So here you are and it, it's like, everything's a facade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember when I was a kid, like trying to maintain it so much and, and, you know, keeping up that lifestyle as best as I could. But, you know, once that kind of trauma sets in, it's just almost unavoidable. So, and the family dynamic starts to shift too because everybody goes into um, fight or flight. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So your mom is like just trying to survive now with three kids yep. or four kids, one yeah. of which is severely mm-hmm. autistic. And when we, when I remember growing up at your house, Luca was so big. Mm-hmm. Like he's a big kid, yeah. bigger than your mom, bigger, huge. Yeah. Like how tall is he? He's like like six, six four. four. Yeah. And giant. like giant. Mm-hmm. And he was, um, just so severely autistic and, and violent, right? which was really hard Yeah, for you little girls too, growing up in the house. I remember that. Right. He um, would have, um violent outbursts that they never really were able to diagnose or understand. And he would, it was like a tornado. He would mm-hmm. just all of a sudden go off. And I, you know, I have so much empathy and felt so bad because we didn't know why yeah. we didn't know what the trigger was. And, you know, he barely speaks. So you had no idea what was wrong, you know, and it was scary. It was really yeah. scary, um, living with that and dealing with that. But, you know, we have so much love for him. He's like, Of course, of course you do. But I think that when you're a kid and it's like, okay, dad is gone. Mom is trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Brother is really unstable. And you're a 10 years, you're 10 years old. So you don't understand the, the, you know what I mean? Like you can't be a parent. You can't, you know what I mean? Like you're just developing into a person and there's just so much chaos and instability going on and, and. So, you know, um, you do your best to survive. So what did that survival, like, what did that look like for you? Cause I know for you and for your sisters and for your mom, it, everybody did, everyone went down different paths. Yeah. To me, it, it was different at different stages in my life. So when I was a kid, I think survival was trying my best to Well, my survival mode when I was younger was avoidance and that wasn't the best, you know, I think suppressing everything and holding it in and trying to act like it was normal was sort of more destructive. Um, you know, because like I said earlier, we grew up in this like town that was so, you know, like I said, Stepford, like very cushy. It was hard to be the girl with issues. It was hard to be the person who 
oh, Josie's dad is in jail and, you know, Josie's family's crazy. And we're it was crazy really public. Pocono. Very public. Yeah. 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 I think um, I've told you the story before, but I remember when I was in middle school, we had a, um, a like a newspaper class. I don't even remember what it was, yeah, like I a remember. media class yeah. or something. Yeah. And our um, homework was to bring in a newspaper that day. And coincidentally, of course, the front page of the paper that day was my dad. And being in middle school with kids, you know, who are mean, you know, they, they bullied me for it. You know, it was super, I remember walking out of the class, just crying and wanting nobody to know. And, you know, there was no way to avoid it because it was in the papers and it was on the news and it was the gossip of the town. So, yeah, it, that's the thing about our community. That was so hard is that you're expected and this was even more so now I feel like diversity is becoming like a popular topic and more people are being accepting of being different and celebrating being different um obviously that's not happening all over but I would like to think and I do see it in our community where people are more open to talking about their struggles and and to being more authentic and real. But back then, it was very like, you're either Christian or you're Jewish. Right. You have bat mitzvahs or you go to cotillion. <laughs> yeah. You do this or you do that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, and, yeah. and we didn't have that. So I grew up very like in a condo in this very like wealthy area. Mm-hmm. And my mom had like these huge Buddhist Buddhist statues all over the house and incense going all the time. And we were very different and we paid a price for that. Like, you know, I was seen as like the weird kid with the weird family. Mm -hmm. My dad was homeless for a number of years and everybody knew about that. And it was very challenging. So Josie and I became part of like we weren't cool kids but we weren't not cool i don't know we were just in this like weird crowd of like misfit kids yeah i remember i i'll never forget (laughs) i saw you in the bathroom one time in middle school i was more of a misfit i think because i was just so angry i guess that's another answer to how i dealt with things when i was a kid i was very angry and i remember i dressed (laughs) <laughs> like I was very gothic yes. and so I would wear uh like combat boots with like flames up the, I don't know what I guess it wasn't gothic, hot topic was hot our topic. spot yeah. yeah but I remember we I saw your whole the, closet was hot, to- hot yeah, topic it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah I remember I saw you in the bathroom and that's kind of like how we bonded is you were like that's cute <laughs> <laughs> where everybody else was like this girl is terrifying you no, were like I, I like you yeah. yes I couldn't afford to shop at hot topic my mom like made me shop at like tj maxx oh, but okay. but I definitely was like a black ripped jeans and band tees type of girl converse you know I had the same pair of converse for like three years and I remember they had like a hole in the sole of them we draw on them and stuff yeah yeah, so we we all kind of dealt with our own with our trauma in our own ways I of course became addicted to drugs and Mm -hmm. Josie didn't (laughs) lucky (laughs) Jos I don't know yeah I I dealt with a lot of addicts in my life and so Mm -hmm. for me you know I um was really like terrified to be that way which some people I I don't know I guess like it just depends for me like I'm kind of lucky that it scared me so much because I was like I don't I don't want that to happen to me like I don't want to do that so I don't know sometimes 
that seems like it would have been a lot easier to cope with things, but you know, it's just easier until you like burn your life down to the ground yeah, and there's like nothing left yep. and you know what I mean? And, yeah. it, but you can hit emotional rock bottoms too. Totally. Um, so fast forward you and your family, everybody grows up right? and then what happens? So, I mean, we all grew up, I mean, differently, I guess, and kind of, it all took a toll on us differently, but I, you know, I guess skip forward to today. Um, my dad was arrested when I was 11 and I'm 28 now and he just got out this March. So, you know, things have shifted pretty, you know, I guess pretty dramatically dramatically for me personally. Um, you know, I think all my family, we all, you know, tried to, um, you know, cope with it the best way we can. But I, I think that now everybody's sort of just dealing with it day by day, if that makes sense. But, um, you know, after losing the house, my mom and I ended up moving into a small apartment and, you know, she ended up trying to do real estate and doing a bunch of other, other jobs and, you know, tried her best to make it work. But I mean, you can imagine her never having not worked for 18 years being married and all of a sudden being thrown into the job field, not having mm-hmm. any experience, you know, so it was and with uh, four kids, like yep. childcare and just trying Luca, to figure yeah. it all out and having yeah. a son who's severely autistic, autistic yeah. and trying to find childcare for him yeah. and all the things. It's so yeah. much. We had to put Luca in a home, which was one of the hardest days, um, for myself and my mom because he was just so violent all the time and he needed 24 hour care that with my mom, you know, having to work now and me having to work, I started working when I was 16 and, um, we had no choice and it, it was really hard, but we're very lucky that the home that he's in, um, is like so great because a lot of them are not. And, you know, having to, you know, fight with the state for help for him was really hard, but he's finally, sort of in a place where we're trying to, you know, get him like stable and off all of his medication. Cause that's a lot of our ways coping with people with mental illness is yes, putting them on a lot of medication. Really yep. heavily. Yeah. So, um, but that's where he's at now and it's hard, you know, it's hard. Sometimes I, I try to visit him as much as I can, but it's hard cause I miss him all the time and I wish I could be with him all the time, but you know, he deserves 24 hour care and my mom or myself couldn't give that to him. So, yeah. um, my sisters are, you know, doing well and they're doing their own thing and, you know, coping in any way that they can. But yeah, I don't know. So he just got out and it's been, it's been interesting for me, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, okay, you don't have this, a relationship with this person. Right. And then now they're back. Mm -hmm. Has he been trying to have a relationship with you? Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's definitely a work in progress. I think like a lot of people who are incarcerated don't realize that when you go to jail, your family goes with you. Mm -hmm. And I always said this, you know, to him and, you know, my family, I said, we were, we were in there the whole time too. And he wasn't alone in there. I was there, you know, his son was there. We were all there. And, um, him being released, I think, maybe was a sense of freedom for him, but not for me. And, you know, I didn't feel like I got the, you know, happy ending that I wanted, (laughs) you know, not that it's a happy ending for him, but, you know, I think we all thought that like, you know, once your family member gets out of prison and things will get better, but you know, it's like a lifetime worth of pain that doesn't just go away. And you're used to somebody's identity being in prison. And then all of a sudden they're not, it's, it's strange. It's so strange to deal with, but you know, 
I'm, I would say that our relationship is definitely a work in progress and, you know, I'm doing my best to try to forgive, not for him, but for me. And yeah, yeah. I think that's so important is, um, because you carried the burden for so long, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to forgive for you. Yeah. I think that's like the best thing that you can do because, you know, just holding on to the anger of it is way worse for me. So, um, but I was angry, you know, and I still am sometimes I was really angry that, you know, our life was just, you know, taken away from us and it, you know, wasn't necessarily fair, but I don't know. I try to think that everything happens for a reason and, you know, maybe we were meant to go through all that stuff for a certain reason, but it was, it was tough. I think you take these situations and it's what you do with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, I know that you have kept pretty quiet about all of this. And so I'm curious to know kind of like why, why now? Why talk about it? I think for me, like actually you and I talked about this a little bit too. And I've talked about this with friends is like in the U S alone, like our incarceration rate is uh, through the roof. Yeah. And so many people deal with family members who are in prison and nobody talks about it. And I grew up not really being able to talk to anybody about it without being judged. And it was really hard for me. It was hard for me to feel normal, a sense of normalcy. I think there's like an archetype of certain like traumas that are sort of normalized in a way. I know that Mm -hmm. sounds sort of harsh, but it's people know how to like talk about certain things, but they don't know how to comfort you or to say anything about a family member who's in prison. And for me, I hope that sharing my story and you know what I've been through with having a family member a close family member to me who was in prison most of my life and what I dealt with you know sort of speaks to people yeah um you know and I I remember actually I was watching The Bachelorette recently and one of the the contestants had a mother who was in jail and she was talking about how her mom got out how she never had to hear this call is from a federal prison anymore and it like hit me so strong because I was like I've never heard anybody talk about that I've never heard anybody talk about their parent or anybody being yeah, in prison and what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think that it's important to, um, use our platforms as an, a way to connect to others totally. and to be able to share, you know, that even though it looks really great, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in my feed that yeah. this is the thing that I've been dealing with for the last, what was it? 18 years. Yep. Yeah. It's so interesting, you know, like having Instagram and and being an influencer is, is like, it's very curated. And I think people know that, you know, people know at this point that, you know, I try to share as much of my life as I can, but you know, most of it is very curated and that's the truth. And so I feel like for me, like I want to use my platform and I want to use my voice to say like, Hey, like I've been through some pretty dark stuff and like anybody else who out there has dealt with something similar or felt the same feelings, like you're not alone, you know, and, and people should talk about stuff, you know, people should talk about their traumas. I think the, the reason why we're, we got to where we're at with like the Trump presidency and all the things that's going Mm -hmm. on is because we've, we haven't been willing to talk about these very real issues of like mass incarceration yeah. and um, the way that it affects families yeah. and throws families into poverty. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And all of these things that we just, we haven't been willing to really look at nope. um, because of shame. 
And our culture is so used to us being happy. We have, yes. we're supposed to be happy as women. We're supposed to smile. We're supposed yeah. to be okay. And, and, you know, I think that's something that like is, has to change. And, and when it does change, I think that hopefully there will be like sort of a boost of empathy, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what we really need is to have empathy for each other and realize yeah. that everybody goes through shit. That's really hard. And it's not like, it shouldn't be kept a secret. We shouldn't have to be happy all the time. Yeah. And we should be able to, um, you know, be authentically who we are and not Correct. feel like shame uh, around that. And yeah. carrying that shame will just eat you alive. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. we can't and we can, we shouldn't be expected to just carry that around, like you said, and just put a smile on our faces like everything's OK. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it's not. Quick break from today's episode to talk about our amazing sponsor, which is Cured Nutrition. When I started this podcast, everybody and their mother who owned a CBD company started hitting me up. And I'm not the um, biggest CBD fan until I found Cured. I'm obsessed with Cured because usually when you have CBD, it comes in, you know, gummies or in drops that you have to put under your tongue. But Cured put together these amazing capsules. They're the Rise capsules. They have CBD to get you through your day, but they also have lion's mane extract, which is super good for your adrenals. They have B vitamins. They have all of these different herbs and vitamins in them that help you throughout your day to have enough energy and to feel level and balanced. And I really, really like this entire line, you guys. So right now for my listeners to try some of the cured products, which there is a slew of products, you guys, they do have the original tincture drops. They now have these gel capsules. They've got dog treats. Hell, they've got this like honey stuff that you can sprinkle on your food. They've got it all. So you can go and try their products and I swear you will not be disappointed over at curednutrition.com. That's curednutrition, C-U-R-E-D, nutrition.com. And you can receive 25% off today using the code Alexis25 at checkout. Again, that's code Alexis25 at checkout. I think like one of the things I've tried to do as an adult is like embrace when I'm not okay. You know, Mm -hmm. like have moments where like if if I feel sad or if I feel something, because anytime anybody who knows, like if you've dealt with childhood trauma, like it doesn't just go away. Like there are, you know, it's a roller coaster. There's days where you're good and there's days where you're not good. And the days that you're not good, like let yourself feel it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just acknowledging, um, acknowledging. where you're at. Mm-hmm. Being mindful for sure. Yeah. And just, it's like, it is, it is okay to like sit in our suffering and in the discomfort for a little while. Yeah. You don't want to stay there forever, right. but right you know, to say right now, this sucks. Mm-hmm. What was that very, like the first day you found out that he was going to get out or that he got out? Like, what was that like? <laughs> it was really hard for me. Uh, I think this is actually the first time somebody's asked me that question. Mm-hmm. And I, I, um, it was like, for me, it was more scary than anything. I think I was scared. Rewind. Yeah. How did you find out? Like, was it oh. like he called or like your mom told you or like, yeah. what was it like? A mi- he didn't call me, but okay. it was a mixture of, um, both, I guess. So, you know, kind of through the grapevine. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have, I have three siblings that are full siblings, but I have three other half siblings. And so oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Okay. So everybody kind of, whoever was talking to him or found out, you know, what day he was getting out. We knew, we knew for a while that that 
you know, obviously, you know, his sentencing, so you knew he was going to get out that year, but the mm-hmm. date I didn't know. And it turned out to be his birthday is when they, um, released him. And, um, yeah. So to answer your question, I found out like through everybody kind of finding out in their own way. And then I, I think I actually found out like for sure, for sure from my mom who's yeah. the one who told me. And then of course it was, you know, in different headlines and stuff that said like that was the date he was getting out. So, yeah. yeah. And so how did that feel? Um, scary. I was scared. I think for me, like I said earlier, you know, like I was not only used to his identity of him being in jail, but of my identity having a father in jail. Yes. And it's been a part of me for so long that I wasn't ready. You know, I know that sounds weird, but it's almost like you're more, I don't know. I was afraid of what was going to happen next. And you have an identity of like, this is who I am. I'm the kid who doesn't have a dad. Right. You know what I mean? And now it's like, okay, but now he's getting out. Yeah. And what is this going to look like? What is this going to look like? Yeah. So I actually like went away that night. Um, I went and stayed at a hotel and turned off my phone and turned off everything and kind of let myself like cry it out and feel it, you know, and, and I, you know, now that he is out, it's kind of like I've like said a couple times now, it's just like a day by day thing for me. You know, I'm just sort of trying to I cope is the wrong word, but sort of find this new self and find mm-hmm. my new, you know, ways of dealing with it and, you know, letting go of the past and moving in transitioning into this new place. So you've come such a long way you know what I mean? You really have. And, um, now that you're like in a relationship and in a different stage in your life, like, do you see any carryovers? Like sometimes people will see like, you know, just things popping up in your relationship or. Oh, totally. Yeah. I can, I psychoanalyze myself all the time. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is because of this. I'm doing this because of this. Yeah, I do that too. (laughs) I like, one thing I'll say is like, I, because like we've talked about this whole time, like we've talked about avoidance Mm -hmm. and how I avoided it when I was little and my family avoided it and avoiding it was sort of the right way to go about it because not the right way. It was the way to go about it because of society and our Mm -hmm. culture. And so now as an adult, I don't avoid things. Like if there's an issue, we got to talk about it now. You know, like, and, there's no space yeah, no. for breathers no. here. Yeah. It's like we're, we're not going to bed angry. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. So or if people like I dealt with addicts a lot of my life and I, I'm sure you can relate to this too. Sometimes people don't remember what happened the day before, mm. you know? And so for me, if I get in a fight with somebody or an argument with somebody and they try to pretend like it didn't happen. That's a trigger for me. Like Mm. we gotta, we gotta address it. Like it can't just be something that just goes away. So yeah, not that that's the right way, but totally like there are things like that, like all the time that I'm like, Oh, like it's because of my childhood and my upbringing. Well, I think that, um, having a polar reaction is, polar opposite reaction is normal. Yeah. Um, I think that trying to find some place in the middle is optimal, Totally. but like on this path, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's, it's definitely better to like address it than to avoid it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think so. I think there's a, like you said, there's a happy medium in there, but for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that, you know, I always say like our culture shapes who we are, our personal identity shapes who we are, but our parents and our childhood like really shapes who we are too so you know we all just kind of have to like realize I think acknowledging it like (laughs) the trend of this conversation has been is 
like what's important for me, like to see like, okay, like maybe I'm getting mad at this because it's a trigger for me and not because it's really like, what's the depth to this? What's the root of it? It's probably. Have you gone to therapy? I have a couple times. Yeah. yeah. I would love to go back to therapy. It's, and I say that like, I should, I should just go back to therapy. I would love to go back to therapy. You should just call a therapist. I know. (laughs) I'm I'm picky about therapists. So anybody out there is listening. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I I think I'm picky and I, I like for you, you're a friend and like opening up about this as you've known about me has never been easy. It's never been something that I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think I'm a pretty open person, but to the right people. Yeah. I'll I'll share my story to the right people. Yeah. And now you're doing it publicly. How how does that feel? (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) Like, I don't, I'm like proud of myself, like Mm -hmm. for like speaking up and talking about it. Cause it, you know, it is part of me that I just like to pretend doesn't exist. And then, um, but you know, I think it's important. I think it's important. Like we've said throughout this, like it's important to talk about it. So I feel proud. I feel good that like, I'm actually like using my voice for something. This is coming from a girl and I love you. No shade, Josie. Then I asked her, I was like, do you want to do this post with me? And you're like, I'm sorry. I know this sounds stupid, but like my feed. (laughs) Tell me, tell me. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know this sounds lame, but like my feed won't look good. Like I've got like a float on my feed. 100%. Yeah. It's, well, and now yeah. you're just pulling the veil, the covers off. Yeah. Which is totally like wild considering a few months ago, you're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, my, my job and my identity, like, or who I am, like should be more parallel. Like I think, <laughs> but like sometimes I like, you know, I don't know. I like, I honestly like being an influencer, like a sort of like an art, like the, mm-hmm. my grid and my feed and everything. Like I like it to look a certain, a certain way. Yeah. yeah. I understand that. Um, what do you think? I, I'm curious because you want, you went off to college and you studied, what did you study? Anthropology? Yes. Yeah. So I, um, yep. I got my undergrad in cultural anthropology. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, anthropology is just the study of humans. I say this all the time because people ask me all the time. They're like, so are you like Indiana Jones? I'm like, no. (laughs) Um, So I studied cultural anthropology. um, And then I went and got my master's degree in digital anthropology, which is just the study of humans and their connection to the digital age. And then she became an influencer. Yeah. (laughs) She learned nothing with my master's. (laughs) No, you learn the trick of the trade and then you like dove in and you're like, well, now I'm going to use this to my advantage. How long do you think, uh, how long do you think? So some people, I went on this girl's podcast a few weeks ago and she really hates the whole influencer thing. And Mm -hmm. she was just like, I just think it's like fast live. Like if you're not providing somebody with like content like this. Right. Even then like on a podcast mm-hmm. or a YouTube or something like that, but just straight social media, like on Instagram, like how long do you really think that this is going to last? Well, I mean, I can answer that in two parts. Like, I feel like for me, like, I think I can talk about the reason why I started, why I think it's sustainable is because, and part of this is like rooted in my story for me. Like I've always loved fashion and beauty and all that kind of stuff, because I think what people see it is so surface level, which a lot of it is, it's aesthetic, but like walking out of the house and feeling good in an outfit and feeling pretty and feeling whatever is good for your psyche. Like, so for me, like I love being able to share stuff that I like and that Mm -hmm. I like to wear and and stuff that makes me feel good. So yeah, is it some of its surface level? Yeah. But like, do we all love it? Yeah. You know? So (laughs) to me, like, I think, yes, we do. (laughs) do. (laughs) So I think there's no harm in sharing 
you know, that part of it, that the aesthetic part of it, the sort of surface level part of it, because, you know, there is a sort of art to that. And obviously there's a dark side of it too, that if you are being so surface level and you're not letting people in and you're sort of letting that curated form of yourself rule your life, then yeah, that can be dangerous, not only for yourself, but I think for our culture, you know, so there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance of, you know, showing that curated form, but also like, you know, being yourself and being authentic too. So I agree with that. Josie's like a walking Instagram feed, you guys, right now at my house. Like she looks so cute. <laughs> Stop. Her I hair is always done. She's in a perfect outfit. She's oh got her God. rings on. Her nails are done. A perfect <laughs> nude. She literally looks like her feed. Oh like Josie, gosh. your feed has like encompassed who you are down oh, to like a science. Thank you. I would say. So <laughs> your degree you. maybe did you well. Like I yeah. really feel I think like you know, it did. Well, I, it's interesting. Like I, I, Originally, I went to college because I failed out of high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to school because I was mad all the time. And I'll never forget, I have a professor, I mean, not a professor, and a teacher. And if you're listening, then I'm just kidding, <laughs> putting him on blast. I was going through a hard time when my dad was in court and um, we were going to his hearing and I failed a test. And because I was gone all the time. Yeah. And I walked into class and it was the next test that we were taking. And he looked at me in front of the whole class and he goes, are you going to fail another one? <gasps> Oh, the shame. Yeah. Oh, and I went, yeah. And so I drew a picture on the Scantron and I turned it in and I left. And for me, like, because I was just so embarrassed and mad and whatever, I I ended up failing out of high school. I got like a one point something where I barely graduated. And I remember thinking to myself, like, you can either keep being angry and you can keep being upset or you can use it to fuel you and change your life. I love the quote, nothing changes if nothing changes. And for me, like I couldn't depend on anybody else, but I could depend on myself. And I really like had my heart set on being an educated woman, like whether or not I did something with that degree, obviously I wanted to, I secretly, not secretly, I wanted to be a professor. That was like my Mm -hmm. dream job was to be a professor. And I wanted to, you know, be as smart as I could and get all the education that I could. And so I did. And I fought for it. I had no money. I had nothing. You know, I had no help. Nobody in my family ever went to school. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. And, and looking back at it, like for a while after I graduated and I couldn't find a job as a professor, I was like really like depressed over it. Cause I was like, you know, I thought getting a master's degree would guarantee a job. job. Yes. yes. And, and in this in country, this country it's doesn't. That yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> no, yeah. it, every, there's always more. When I got my master's, people were like, you don't have your PhD? And I'm like, okay, I just got my master's. Give me a second. But um, it didn't, you know, I went through a time where I couldn't find a job and it was super hard for me. And I was like, you know, what can I do now? And now looking back at it though, like I don't regret getting my education even one bit. Like there's something so empowering in yeah, it. Think, yeah. yeah. So kind of wish I did that but I have no drive to do that now like whatsoever it's not for everybody you know I think so many people are like are you gonna go to college like college isn't for everybody you know but you know yeah and um it's just so expensive and like not obtainable for like a lot of people but oh I'm in debt for the rest of my life so (laughs) it's so it should not be that way it shouldn't I think though that um Going back to that professor or that that teacher that mm-hmm. said that to you, 
it speaks so much to like our shame culture and the fact that, so that teacher probably has loads of his own shit going on, right? That like morphed him into who he is. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you feel okay to like shame a child and let's, we'll go back and we'll talk about the difference between guilt and shame. Like guilt is like the idea that I did something bad and I feel bad about it. Shame is I did something bad and I'm a bad person. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that whole, like, are you going to test, fail this test again? Then you went, well, I'm just a fuck up. So yeah. Yep. You know and what I mean? What I did, and yeah. so the narrative was about you and you'll never, ever motivate somebody to change by using shame. Right. Guilt. Yes. Like you're a good person. You're a smart person. I know that you have it in you. I know you're going through a lot, but I'm here to support you and you need to do better. Right. Should have been the dialogue. And maybe that was his motive. I don't know. But the way he addressed it was so well, yeah rude and just, it was mean. It was yeah. just mean and yeah. low. And I was, you know, I, I don't know why, you know, it's so sad to me that that's people hurt people want to hurt people. And mm-hmm. that's like our, like we live in such a society where like, that's so true. Like the people who bully and the people who are mean, it says more about them than it does about yeah, you. Absolutely. So it's absolutely, you know, but for me, I dealt with it every day. People yeah. saying mean stuff. I had, I had a guy spit in my face in high school. <sighs> oh spit my in my face. Yeah. That's okay. What's his name? I need to know. Just first name. Oh, I, I can't. Oh, oh, so, do you want to say his first name? I just want to know then who I, the first name is. His Anthony. name was, well, it's very ironic. It's my father's name, Anthony. How weird. Okay, wait. So oh, that's weird. weird. So weird. Yeah. And now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Spit in my face. Yeah. Oh and then, God. you know, people were, oh my God, they were so mean to me in high school. And then, I mean, obviously I was no perfect angel. I'm not sitting here like yeah. I didn't deserve, okay. and you know, I was, you know, not nicest nicest person person. ever (laughs) but a lot of it was just like so I was an easy person just to be like well Jesse and Pelicanos are fucked up so Mm -hmm. you know let's go after them yeah yeah well I'm really proud of you for not carrying that into your future thanks and that you know you're really you took charge of your life and you're doing something different with it and I think that um it's noble And it's not easy. And I acknowledge that and recognize that. And, and these are the struggles that, that people are going through on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? In order to try to overcome such, such adversity, you know? Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, okay. So would you rather, (laughs) (laughs) I need a theme song for would you rather, I don't know what it's going to sound like yet, but one day we'll have one. Um, okay. So these are. Let's see. Oh my God. Okay. So I just pulled these up on the internet, you guys. So don't blame me. They're usually dirty. Okay. <laughs> They're usually dirty. Here, we, here we go. Oh, but I feel like we're, we're friends enough that I can ask you these questions yeah. and you cannot give a pass. That is the rule. Oh, okay. okay would no you pass. rather five inches or nine inches? <laughs> well, uh, let me rephrase that because five yeah. inches isn't that small. No. Would you rather... T- Three, three inches or nine inches? Oh my gosh, you guys. I think nine. <laughs> I'm going to go with nine. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You? I would go with three. Really? <laughs> I'll tell you why. You I don't know. It. It's how you use it. Yeah. I'm a really big fan of like top play. Totally. It would kill me, I think, after I think a while. It would hurt Should so I switch bad. my answer? No, you can't. I can't. You're locked oh, in. Oh, gosh. I'm locked in, you guys. <laughs> it's my life now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. 
would you rather sleep with your pastor? Imagine you're religious. I know you're not. Okay. Um, or your boss. Boss. Why, Why is that, that even, even a, a question? Thing? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like past it like they creep me out a little bit because like all the all the rape. like ra- boy raping yeah. and stuff. Like so I that know. question just like automatically was like, no, my no, boss. And sleeping with your boss is like hot sometimes, isn't it? So I mean, it can be hot yeah. if that's, that's <laughs> if your, your boss is hot, yeah. If that's your kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, would you rather have sex once if you could just do it? you would have to do it every day or only once a year oh every day yeah yeah i cannot have sex every day no i would but i would if i had to choose i'd choose every day yeah over once a year once a year yeah that's what if you're like feeling it one month and you're like well gotta wait for (laughs) once a year (laughs) gotta wait for my birthday I'll see you in January. I'll see you. Yeah, that's it. No, that would that's not a life. No, it's not. No. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, okay, well, thank you so much for coming thank on. You. I really appreciate it. Oh, and um, if you want to be heavily influenced, which you will be, you go to Josie's feed because it's so beautiful and she dresses so cute and always has the best skincare tips. And she even like cooks on her thing, like her little, (laughs) her little videos about what she's making from Trader Joe's specifically. I like love it. Very inventive. But if you want to be influenced, (laughs) I love that. Influenced guys. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to be influenced for all the goodness though, because I love, I I was just talking to a friend about this the other day. I love your, so all of these influencers are like, oh my Gucci bag and da da da. So Josie's is, it's, is it for your average Joe? It's that, yeah. My Instagram is at average Joe, Joe. blog, but Joe's just J-O. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about like the look for less, like dressing really cute without having to spend like $900 right. in outfit, yeah. which I love. Thanks. Yeah. I love it. It's actually like obtainable. Yeah. I mean, I had to learn it. <laughs> yeah. Like someone can <laughs> actually thought, dress yeah. like Josie Aww. and afford yeah. to do so. And then also buy her meals at Trader Joe's. Yeah. the food and oh, I love the Trace. makeup and all of the things it's a very very good blog so thank go you. check it out and thanks for coming on thank you so much it's time for this week's affirmation i allow myself to be who i am without judgment i have had to work so hard on this and i'm going to encourage you guys to accept just one thing that you view as a flaw and to come into a place of acceptance and love and maybe even gratitude for that thing. And so it is. If you guys liked this episode, do me a solid head over to the podcast app and make sure that you are subscribed to Recovering From Reality. Not just subscribed, but give me five stars if you really liked it. Comment make a review. I really appreciate it. And if you're listening on your phone, you could even screenshot a picture of you listening and tag me up on Instagram and I'll do my best to share it within the community. So thanks for listening, you guys. And I hope you loved this episode. 